From the Capitol in Madison, this is Wiz Politics Midday. Hi, everybody. I'm Jeff Mayers from WizPolitics.com and WizBusiness.com, and I'm here with a edition of Midday. We're going weekly for the summer, and this is our first weekly take on big issues of the day. So what we're talking about today with Adam Kellenhofer, a reporter at WizPolitics.com, is immigration and efforts on the federal level to change immigration laws or to ease some immigration rules in order to help workforce issues and speed the uh, ability of skilled immigrants to come to the United States and live and work here. Adam, how are you today? I'm doing good, Jeff. How are you? Doing great. You know, we had a uh, virtual event on June 15th, um, which about immigration and labor and its effect on trade, uh, you know, effect on the dairy industry, the tech industry. Uh, and among the, the participants in that is Reed Ribble. Uh, Reed is a former Republican member of Congress from the 8th Congressional District. Um, he's uh, kind of uh, planted in the, the middle of the political spectrum these days because he's uh, been uh, moving away from the Trump part of the party. And he had some strong things to say during this uh, panel discussion. What, what was your take on that? Yeah, Jeff, he definitely had some interesting views. Um, a lot of, uh, well, we've seen a lot of Republicans in Congress, including the Wisconsin delegation, the current delegation, calling for uh, some pretty sweeping reform at the border. They want to really secure the border. But Ribble was really saying that we need to increase the number of immigrants coming into the U.S. to kind of help fill a lot of uh, empty jobs and, you know, really help to reduce the crisis at the border. We've seen a lot of uh, calls to end, you know, putting children in cages at the border and stuff like that. And uh, what Ribble is calling for would kind of speed that whole process up and get rid of a, a lot of the extremely long wait times and uh, do away with some of the more difficult parts of the whole immigration process to kind of streamline the process. And here's the real challenge is virtually every country north of the equator, every first world country north of the equator has declining birth rates below replacement level. In the next 10 to 15 years, there will be a global competition for workforce and for labor. And if the U.S. doesn't get their head out of the sand and prepare today for that coming competition, we're going to be left behind. And it's going to be almost impossible to catch up. People complain about automation. Jay, people complain about, I mean, you could have more workers if you milked every single cow by hand. I mean, that's just the reality of it. We could create more paper in the, in the country if we didn't automate and slow the machines down. But automation will drive the future jobs that are here. But we're, we're through bad policy in D.C., forcing more and more auto automation, having fewer and fewer jobs because there are fewer and fewer workers available. Yeah, we should note that he's the uh, CEO for the National Roofing Contractors Association, being in the roofing business himself. And uh, he called the U.S. immigration system nonsensical. Um, and he lays uh, at the feet of uh, a political divide. Um, you know, he's saying there's a lot of myths out there. Uh, you know, it's time to... Uh, tell people the truth. But at, at the same point, I think there's there's still, we're, we're still uh, coping with um, 
the Trump administration's moves and the rhetoric there. Uh, and now there's a lot of pressure on vice presidential office holder Kamala Harris to go to the border. She went to Central America. And some of our members of the delegation have talked about that. Uh, yeah, quite a few uh, members of the delegation have been tweeting about it at the very least. Uh, Brian Stiles been making quite a few tweets over the past few weeks about calling for Harris to go to the border. Uh, we know, you know, uh, Representative Grothman and uh, Style have both visited the border, as have uh, Representative Fitzgerald and Tom Tiffany. Uh, they've all come back and said that it is an area that really needs to be addressed, and they want to see a lot more action from both the Vice President and President Biden. And to bring us up more to speed, Biden has been filling some of the seats on the immigration courts. However, not all of those seats have been filled yet. And there's still millions of people waiting for their immigration forms to be processed to figure out whether they're allowed in the country or not. So yeah, and another interesting thing, Jeff, uh, Jay Heeg was uh, a big proponent of giving driver's licenses to uh, immigrants who are undocumented. He said it's because that would uh, help make sure that those undocumented immigrants both have an ID, which makes it easier to figure out who they are for police or anyone who needs to know. And allowing them to get driver's licenses would allow them to, you know, drive cars on our roads and make sure we know they they know how to drive. They're not just driving cars without any knowledge of the laws or any certification that they really know how to drive cars. Also on the June 15 uh, virtual program that was on wispbusiness.com and, and also uh, co-organized by the Wisconsin Technology Council, there was a, uh, we had an immigration attorney on there, Kelly Fortier, she's with uh, Michael Best, uh, about the proposed U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021. Now, President Biden has proposed this and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, being uh, examined in Congress, but there's a lot of other stuff ahead of it in terms of infrastructure and uh, voting rights. And there's a lot of big issues that, uh, um, you know, uh, Democrats uh, who control Congress are, are wrestling uh, first, it looks like. Um, but um, she, for example, said this would uh, it's focused on expanding green cards and enabling long term employment for immigrant workers. But it doesn't do some things in the temporary work visa categories. She said, for example, you know, uh, it would be great to have a temporary dairy visa, um, but it doesn't have anything like that. And also on this program, there, there, we had a, a, a dairy farmer, Jay Heeg of Heeg Brothers Dairy in Colby, Wisconsin, named after the cheese, Colby. And, um, you know, he's, he talks about how uh, they're constantly looking for uh, enough workers to keep the operations going. Um, and, you know, the it seems like there's a strong link between, you know, the uh, immigrant labor force and producing goods for the Wisconsin export economy. Um, you know, and that's kind of one, one of the things that, uh, you know, uh, this program was designed to, you know, talk about. But um, it, it's just this it's it's just such a web of rules and regulations. And it's it's like uh, I think, you know, 48 said it's like. Anybody who wants to navigate the system has to get an attorney. Uh, you know, she's an attorney and that's great for her business. But it's it seems like uh, just streamlining it somehow uh, 
seemed to have a lot of benefit for business. Yeah, it it seemed like that's what he was saying on the program. He said that, you know, while automation is coming to the dairy industry and dairy farmers are really looking to modernize their farms and, you know, look to AI to help run things more efficiently and with fewer employees, they still need real humans to care for those animals, especially newborn calves, uh, because, you know, you can't just have a robot uh, raising a newborn animal. You really need to have a human there to care for that animal. So what, regardless of the future of AI and, uh, you know, robotics in the dairy industry, we're going to need at least some human labor forms uh, working on those farms. Now I want to bring up this, you know, the technology side of it. Also in the program was uh, the CEO of Embed Biosciences in Madison, Ankit Argawal. And he discussed his own uh, difficulties about coming to the United States as a scientist and, you know, uh, being able to uh, get the proper documents. And now he's talking about how uh, he's had trouble hiring new graduates of, of Wisconsin universities hailing from other countries. That's because of the H-1B employment-based work visas, and there's a cap of 65000 per year. And uh, he's basically saying it was, you know, kind of an arbitrary thing. Uh, here's Ankit Argawal talking about that. On one hand, we talk about growth, growth in businesses, growth in startups, hiring more workforce, highly educated workforce. But on the other hand, the 65,000 number has been around for the last 20 years. And so it's so counterintuitive that how can we grow workforce while and grow education system where more international people come here for education, higher education, but not increase the H-1B visas, which is the only way for them to become part of the American workforce. So my strong request to the U.S. Congress is to increase the H-1B cap so that we can get more people uh, in the United States. Yeah, yeah. Um... What he says there is, uh, I think, makes sense to a lot of people. But, you know, we have to look at the political prism here. I mean, it's just because the Senate is so close um, uh, and uh, because of the filibuster, you know, pushing through major pieces of legislation like this um, seem very difficult because it's not under it can't be uh, Democrats can't use the budget res- uh, uh, reconciliation uh, rule to uh, push things through on just 50 votes. So their majority is kind of tentative in the Senate. And if, you know, even if it passes the House, which is its majority is pretty narrow, too, the Senate seems to be very difficult for major things like this. But, you know, this is the way it's been. You know, George W. Bush proposed major immigration reform legislation. uh, And, you know, we're still we're still at it. So it just seems like one of those things that we're going to keep having to uh, talk about and uh, nibble away at. But anyway, if you're interested in this uh, 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 this discussion that took place on June 15th, you can find it at wisbusiness.com. Uh, there's also a story there on the uh, uh, on the program. This is part of a series that we're doing with the Wisconsin Technology Council on trade policy items, big uh, discussions that uh, affect both. Um, trade and business, you know, apart from the trade compliance 
uh, nitty gritty trade compliance efforts that uh, all businesses have to go through when they're exporting um, uh, products from Wisconsin. So um, you can check that out. Uh, also at wisbusiness.com, there's a page on the trade policy initiative and uh, programs that our partners are doing um, uh, in Madison and Milwaukee. So this is Jeff Mayers signing off for today's midday. Thank you, Adam, for participating. And we'll be back next week. This has been WisPolitics Midday. For more state government and political news, visit wispolitics.com.